Welcome to the One Link Podcast. I am excited to be with you today. So it's getting up close to the holiday seasons. Uh, Brad is off this week enjoying some well-deserved rest. So we'll let him do that. In the meantime, I wanted to get an episode out to you. And as we're thinking about Christmas season coming up, there's all the holidays, all the things we think about in the States, parties galore, food to eat, presents to buy. But what's holidays like overseas? What's it like to spend Christmas overseas? I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about that today. I personally find that overseas is one of the best times to be a overfilled worker. <laughs> Poorly worded choice. I find that Christmas is a great time to be overseas. You know, when you're overseas, you miss family, you miss traditions, you miss food. But it's such a sweet, sweet, succulent time very first time I went overseas as a adult on a missions trip was over Christmas. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Originally, we were supposed to go in the summertime, and this little thing called happened, and so all kinds of things got pulled away and changed, and we got rerouted and sent the next Christmas, and Christmas was freezing. In fact, this morning, I saw a picture come up in my memories. We landed in the capital city. And we were supposed to take this eight-hour bus ride. It was supposed to be a sleeper bus. And we get to the bus station, and we walk past all these beautiful buses. And finally, we stop in front of this bus that looks like it was built in, like, 1970. And there's luggage and stuff stacked, like, three or four feet tall on top. And we get inside, and the windows, some of them are, like, duct taped shut, there are, there's breeze blowing through it. You know, and it was cold in the capital city, but it just kept getting colder and the, the heater on the bus didn't work. There were people smoking on the bus, uh, just freezing to death. We travel, we travel, we travel, we travel. And there wasn't really GPS at those days, especially not just on everybody's phone as it is today. And so no idea really where we are. We finally stop at this, stop at this little town. We get off. The restrooms are this brick wall with another brick wall around it to kind of give you some privacy. It's so cold. There's what at the time seemed to me this really dingy, dirty local diner, uh, which today I would totally eat in there with uh, no qualms. But at the time, it seemed like a big stretch. We get back on the bus and this gentleman behind me that speaks no language, he taps me on the shoulder and using his finger, he writes up on the ice on the window. He writes negative four zero Celsius. It was so cold. And he smoked the whole time and we were hacking and coughing. And he finally gave me a blanket, handed us that forward. Never been so grateful for a guy. I overlooked all the smoking he'd done. All this to say, it was this cold, hard, freezing time. But just the opportunities to share the gospel at Christmas are so profound. In this country that I would later go and live in, you know, you could find a Christmas, <laughs> you could find a picture of Santa Claus up any time of the year. And you might be going down the street in July and hear jingle bells playing somewhere. They'd become enamored by Christmas, but they didn't really know what Christmas meant. And so it just provided this, this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. 
And I think myself and many other people that lived overseas will echo that statement that sometimes it's hard to be overseas in the Christmas time, but sometimes it's such sweet fellowship and such sweet opportunities to bring up the hope of the gospel and to share with somebody who's never heard before what the meaning of Christmas is and why it's something that we celebrate. It was also great opportunities for the people who are there to you know get together and mix together some great feast. I have a good friend who I've invited to be on several podcasts with me, and he's always too humble uh, to be on there, but maybe someday I'll get him to be on. Uh, he made these uh, dinner rolls, and his whole team was just amazing, amazed by him. And finally, one time they, they said, they used his name, and they said, I'll just call him Jay. They said, Jay, can you type out your recipe so that we can know how to make these rolls too? Because they're amazing. And so he did, and they all read it, and it started with, find a man selling wheat on the side of the street. Go and find another person who grinds wheat. (laughs) And I think everybody threw in the towel there and said, you know, for Christmas, we'll make that special effort. But the rest of the time, we're just going to live without. Anyway, you get sweet fellowship there. One of the things that I loved most about it is that those who were celebrating Christmas, those who believed in Christ overseas, celebrated Christmas for the reason it was meant to be celebrated. And it's really a bit of a consternation to me when I come back. Man, I loved Christmas over there. I loved decorating for Christmas. I loved the gift-giving of Christmas. I loved everything about Christmas because it was all designed around our Savior. And I find myself truly back here a little bit of a bah humbug, which I also was before I went to, to the nations. But now I kind of find myself in a bah humbug of like, what is this about? Is this really glorifying God? And for here, there's so many people that they, they do know what the story is. They've just rejected it and they don't want to hear about it. Now, that said, I still think it's a great time to reach out to people, a great time to share the story, a great time to be loving. It's a great time to reach out to your neighbors. It's a great time to invite international students to come home with you, to invite an international student over to your house that's staying in town, to celebrate Christmas, to reach out to a neighbor. I think God has used Christmas in a lot of wonderful ways. Where I lived, uh, the police were not thought of as wonderful people. They were kind of the ones you just avoided. But there wound up being this time in, in life where God let me live out in the countryside, and as things would have it out in the countryside, I wound up, the, the family I went out there to stay with, I'd arranged this kind of as a, as a, like a language, that was what I told him, as like a language immersion deal. And everyone was cool with that. But it winds up, his job is he was cooking at the police station. And so every day I would pop in and I would go into the police station and hang out with them there and I'd work on my language with them and I would do card tricks together and just hang out as young guys do. And they all got to know me. And at Christmas time, I got Jesus film. And I gave all these policemen and government officials that I'd met through that Jesus films. And they all took them and they all said thanks. And I don't know who watched them. I don't know what they did. Uh, but God opened up this opportunity. And I, w- I was always open with them that I was a Christian. But they all received that from me. God seems to always have continued to give me favor in that town, even even years later. And all over Christmas, we got to share those things. And sometimes you just never know what one link will play in the chain. I've got another awesome Christmas story I want to tell you. So when I went back as a married man, uh, my wife has beautiful language. She has better language in every language 
except one for me. She has better English than me. She has the better national language than I do. But the minority language, I've got her just to touch on that one. Um, but mine's not great. So I went back to language school. And of course, all my classmates are other foreigners. And there was this one man. He's the same people group that our people group was, but he lived in a different country. He's from a different country, but he was there studying. And so I did everything I could, all my classmates. If I could, I tried to find a copy of the Jesus film in their language. And if you've never seen the Jesus film, it's a good, it's a good video. It's a good movie. It's not like Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's, it's good, you know, but it's not Steven Spielberg. But it has been translated into hundreds and thousands of languages. So I did what I could. I found languages. I, I gave them all that for Christmas time. And then I, I didn't think much about it. And I had this friend, and he was just one cool cat. You know, like he wore a cool hat. He smoked he played guitar. He did all these things. He was just cool. And if I was going to rank people that were in my class in terms of like in terms of like the most probability or the least probability of responding to the gospel, he'd have been pretty high up on my list as being non-responsive. Non-responsive. He was cool. He seemed to have life together. Uh, he was pretty well connected. I'd guess he came from a fairly well connected family, family with with money. And one day it was after we'd, we were coming back for the spring semester and we were sitting out in the hallway between classes and he was like, hey, hey, James, you know that that movie you gave me? Is that real or was it fake? Was that a real story or was it a made up one? And so I told him it was a real story. And I don't know where he is today. I believe his name means peace. He could pray for a man named Peace that uh, that story would resonate in that and that he would be a brother today. I appreciate, I hope you guys seize this Christmas day. I hope God gives you opportunities to put internationals in your life and I hope you're able to do something with that. And more than that, I hope God does abundantly more than all you could ask or imagine. I pray that he will fulfill every purpose of yours prompted by your faith. I hope you'll pray for the missionaries that you know that are overseas. Pray that it'll be a fruitful, fruitful, fruitful season for them and that the the distance from family will be made up for by the proximity uh, to their people and the people there becoming brothers and sisters. You know, God said in Matthew 19, after the rich young ruler has walked away, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, you know, anyone who gives up father or mother or houses, or houses or fields will not fail to receive more, hundred times more, in the age to come. So this is my prayer for you guys this uh, holiday season. It says in Second Thessalonians one eleven, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling, and that by His power He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, and every deed prompted by your faith. Pray that you will have many great chances to use your deeds, use your faith to prompt your deeds. Better way of saying that. Really appreciate you guys. Do remember that we're in the middle of our Christmas fundraising season. This really is an important time for us. So do prayerfully pray with us about that if God would lead you to add some support. If that would be one of those deeds prompted by your faith. We appreciate you guys one way or the other and look forward to seeing you next week for the 100th episode of the One Link Podcast. You don't can't tell it by the way it's listed on our seasons, but this is episode number 99. So next week we'll have a special guest on and uh, join us for the 100th episode. 
Appreciate you guys. Thank you.